Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me today. I'm here in my office with my Bible open to Romans chapter 7. And the first four verses say, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. Now we've been talking about what it means to walk in the Spirit, how we moment by moment, day by day, apply the reality that Jesus is Lord of our lives. Now, this passage sets up the final way that I want to talk about in regards to how we walk in the Spirit. And that is, to walk in the Spirit means I will worship God in the Spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 4 that a day is coming and has now come when those who worship God will worship Him, not in a temple, but in spirit and in truth. Now, we are the bride of Christ. He is our bridegroom, the lover of our soul. And marriage is the picture that God has created to illustrate the relationship that we were created to have with our Creator. Through worship, we express and enjoy the intimacy and communion that is ours when we worship God in spirit and in truth. My favorite definition of worship I heard from El Silvoso, where he said that worship is the Spirit of God and the Spirit of man coming together and experiencing communion and intimacy. Now, we miss the whole thing if we don't love the Lord passionately and intimately. We don't understand what it means to walk in the Spirit, what it means to relate to Jesus as our Lord. If we don't love Him with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, theology is not life. Being married doesn't mean a thing if I know everything about my wife, but don't love her actively, passionately, sacrificially. Now, going back to Romans chapter 7, where we started, Paul gives an interesting illustration where in chapter 6, he had been using the picture of a master and a slave. He now uses the picture of a husband and a wife. And this is crucial because God is using it to make a point about how he desires to be loved by his bride. In the first three verses of Romans 7, Paul talks about a marriage that is totally incompatible, the marriage between mankind and the law. And just like the slave previously, the only way out of this relationship was through death. But the problem is, the law will never die. So God intervened when he says, So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, 
that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. Since the law could not die, God's solution for freeing me from the law was for me to die. And that is exactly what the Bible says has happened. I died to the law in Christ. I'm therefore no longer bound to the commandment of the law that I never had the power to keep. And the foremost command of the law is what? To love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. However, when love is given to me as a command, I find that I cannot truly love. By setting me free from the command, God gives me a choice to love him. And it's that very choice that makes real love, love that's meaningful to God, possible. One of the greatest revelations in the Bible is also one of the simplest, and that is God is love. 1 John 4, 8 simply says it, that God is love. And since God is love, he values love above all else. Love that is truly valuable to God is love that is given to him by people who have a choice. If my wife only loved me because she had to, her love would be of little value to me. But it's the very fact that she chooses to love me day in and day out that makes her love so precious. And this is the point that Paul is making in Romans chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, when he says, I died in Christ to the law so that I might belong to another, it says in verse 4. My freedom was bought for me so that I might, as he says in verse 6, serve in a new way of the Spirit. The cross changed love from a got to to a get to. I get to love God because he died for me and set me free from the husband that bound me. I'm free from Mr. Law so that I can now be joined to Mr. Love. It says, if God has delivered me from an abusive husband so that now I'm free to marry my hero, the one who set me free. This is a whole new way of worshiping God. It's not based on rules and regulations, forms and liturgies, but on a relationship. It's a relationship in which I can love God and connect with God and hear and receive from God by means of the Spirit. It always comes full circle. Walking in the Spirit will not be achieved by keeping a list of rules, but it will happen in the context of relationship with God that's possible through the Holy Spirit. We can never stray from this in our teaching. We serve in, an, in the new way of the Spirit, it says, and not in the old way of the written code. Paul says it beautifully in Galatians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, where he says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. In Mark chapter 14, Jesus gives an Oscar, if you would, to the woman who best portrays the kind of love that God longs to receive from his people. There in Mark 14, starting in verse 3, it says, While he, Jesus, was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, 
A woman came in with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. And then he says, I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Jesus said that this woman's actions are to be forever linked to the preaching of the gospel. Why would Jesus say such a thing? It's because this woman demonstrates the ultimate goal of the gospel. God's primary desire is not to populate heaven. His primary desire is to love and be loved by his bride. It is precisely the kind of love that was demonstrated by this woman that satisfies the very heart of God. It's a love that wastes itself by pouring out its very best in response to his love. God demonstrated his love for us in that when he was under no obligation to do so, he died for us so that we could have an eternal relationship with him. Like a groom that calls out for his bride, God now waits for our response. True worship is expressed in a love that withholds nothing. This is the kind of love that touches the heart of God. So today, let us not hesitate to waste ourselves on him as we worship him in the spirit, because by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Amen.